BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 6.5% was it? Is, is that what the current odds are of the Stanley Cup? Well, and you, if you look at the round-by-round round progression, the Stanley Cup favorite is uh-huh. the Vancouver Canucks. Like, what a time to be alive. I... Talking you through every goalie controversy, scoring slump, and draft lottery bust, this is the C4 Podcast on CanucksHockeyBlog.com. Here they are, the best starting lineup we could afford under the salary cap. Chris, Matt, Anna, and Adam. Welcome to another episode of the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog.com. I'm Chris at Lightforce. Joined virtually once again by Anna Forsyth, A4603 on the Twitters. She's back. back. Are you married? Am I married? Did you go to the UK to get married? I mean, you went to like oh. 20 <laughs> weddings. Was one of them yours? I see. Like, I did definitely have the option, I'm sure. Um, no one took my fancy particularly, so no returning unmarried. But yes, having witnessed a few marriages. Yeah, the there's there's all sorts of these movies that show up on like Slice and Lifetime and all those channels where it's like, you know, go to the UK to find yourself, marry someone on some Scottish like, you know, castle um, or like you know, on the Irish coastline and stuff like that. I mean, so I, I just did wondering if you were trying to live that fairy tale. No, life. I did go past the Scottish castle. Um, oh, but you didn't stop there. See, that's the problem. Had you stopped there, you would have met like whomever it might be that you would have then married. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, I just saw um, Edinburgh Castle from Prince's Street, really. And I did go to an Irish coastline as well. Um, oh, see, see. The, 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 the possibility did exist. Um, I mean, but, I did uh, meet my, um, it was kind of sweet, actually, my great aunt, who's like pretty old now, living in our mm-hmm. family's hometown in Ireland, who was just, you know, asking that classic old relative thing of, do you, have you met someone yet? Um, have you met a boy yet? And God bless her, very Catholic old lady in the middle of rural uh-huh. island just went, is it a girl? It's okay if it's a girl. And it's like, thank you for being understanding. I really appreciate that. But no, I'm just lonely. It's not <laughs> that I'm hiding a secret girlfriend from you. I'm just, just lonely. <laughs> Yeah, the um, just on that note, it, it's I had a similar conversation with like a, a relative um, who actually did make the you know the qualification after they had asked the question, and it was like you can see it like I, I saw them processing mm-hmm. it because we're at a sort of a family union, and uh, and immediately followed it up with oh no because. I mean, I got the explanation unfortunately, which I didn't need after. It's like because he's from you know Vancouver, like. Oh, cool. But okay. anyhow, I don't know what the scenario was in this particular case. But I mean, anyway, yeah, sadly didn't get married. Um, did go to three weddings, went to four countries, I guess. 
if you're counting Wales and Scotland as different countries in England, which they well, I mean, they, they are. are. Um, and then I went to Ireland as well, so it was quite a busy trip, even though I was away for a long time. Yeah, pretty much the entire summer. Um, welcome back. Uh, what's really cool is that when you left, we last talked about the possibility that JT Miller might not be a Canuck. Guess what, Anna? JT Miller, he's still he's a still Canuck. a Canuck. Um, yeah, I'm just like, what has changed since I went away? Is we acquired some new boys from the boy auction. That's what happens generally. Um, but yeah, apart from that, not as much has changed. The JT Miller saga continues. And just when you thought it was all talked out, there's nowhere left to go. JT Miller goes on the podcast and gives us all fodder to talk about. Yeah, which we'll, we'll talk okay. about here because it was on our podcast that he, he joined. Although JT, I know you listen. There is a spot available for you. Anna and I would love uh, to host you on on the show where we ask very important questions related to hockey. Yeah, and if totally any, any point you want to get across, we will gladly f- facilitate. That's right. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it's good to have you back. Uh, it's good to record a show. It's unfortunate that we don't have a whole lot to talk about, but uh, there is still stuff. And uh, why don't we, uh, I don't know what segment this will be. Maybe rewind it up. <laughs> Part of the issue in putting together the rundown, I bet, was what is it that we're going to talk about and how to fit it into all of our normal segments. And it kind of seems odd that, you know, we wouldn't start a show off with with Mm -hmm. Rewind, right? I mean, let's be honest. We've, In fact, I think Rewind has been the only segment that we've had right from the get-go that's just been here from start to finish. Like, I know half full, half empty. Pretty um, old, but. The F word. Right. They're pretty, yeah, pretty old, but they weren't OG. Old, yeah. And we had segments come and go. You know, honestly, we might bring some of them back. Remember mm-hmm. Vote of Confidence? Like, Oh, yes, the Vote of Confidence. Mao was a big fan of Vote of Confidence. And honestly, I think we could bring it back on occasion. We just don't need to have every time. So if there was like yeah. one segment that lasted a little while and disappeared, and even if it's back in the Clan Chris days, like let us know and we can resurrect it. I'm, you know, okay. Having said that, that I dangerous? am positive someone is going to want Clay's Haiku Corner. <laughs> no, okay. Return. Haiku Corner is banned. Like, no Haiku Corner. I, you, you just put it out there, Dude. though. So, I mean, but like, someone might ask for it. Doesn't Clay do Haikus on his Canucks After Dark? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm certain. If he's not doing it on an After Dark, he's doing it on some of his live streams. And if he's not, Clay is passing up a prime opportunity. Maybe, maybe, maybe yeah, we should actually go estate. and listen to an episode or two and, and go back into it. And if he's not, let's you lay know, claim I, to it. And if he tries to do it, <laughs> uh, you know, C4 will send the C4 lawyers after him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's hilarious that I've actually been there for one of Clay's podcast recordings. And I still couldn't tell you if he does. The haiku well, the live stream. Oh, yeah, the one yeah. he had the, the at the bar, right? Yes. So I was at the bar, yeah, but yeah. it was also at a bar. So it's not my fault. I yeah. don't remember. Yeah, But but let's actually talk, you know, more about hockey mm-hmm. than the podcast. And, um, you know, something that <clears throat> does fit into Rewind, although it's more of an F word Rewind, is everything that's been going on in the world of Hockey Canada. Um, while you were... Uh, over in the UK, um, the uh, board and sort of executives of Hockey Canada were brought forward to a uh, parliamentary committee. And uh, I'm trying to remember if it was PJ um, that had said it, um, or if it was, or it was Ryan. But um, it's not often you see these parliamentary committees uh, united you know, across party lines and leave it to hockey Canada to figure out a way to bring unity into our, our government by being terrible as yeah. Like as nuts as they happen to be like, uh, uh, I mean, it's it's the, 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 the fact that it's still not even over that there are still problems and that's not to discount the severity of the issue, but like they still don't have, they're they're ducks in a row and you know i'm genuinely curious how concerned was the queen that you know one of her uh her uh you know dominion countries is 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 having to deal with uh such crap well 
I mean, I would say that was it like Sky Sports front page? Like it was know? not. I mean, I think mm. the probably the biggest story in Commonwealth sports was probably the Commonwealth Games, being as mm. it was hosted um, in the UK in Birmingham. Birmingham was it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I only really followed the cricket, um, which was there for the first time. Um, did Canada have a, a cricket to side? I don't believe they did. Okay, I mean, it, I wouldn't. That, that doesn't shock me because I, I've honest to goodness, don't see a whole lot of cricket here. I do, like, um, and they do have Miller a park in Richmond, and I'm aware of at least a men's side. Um, they usually compete with, you know, mm-hmm. the other associate countries like the US, um, who are actually building a minor cricket league with a former England international. Anyway, that's interesting, but so far off the rails. The point is, hockey Canada sucks, and. Um, they suck so much that we're actually like cheering for stuff that conservative MPs say about them, like which is insane. But I think I think Ryan might have brought this up on his episode that he was on. And guys, if you haven't listened to that, please do. That's a really good discussion of all this. But sadly, the story rumbles on. You know, um, I don't re- recall if by the last episode. Michael Brindamore had stepped down yet? He had not. Uh, I don't believe, or I, I could, maybe he had, but it would have been the day of, like it was, it, it, it happened at the time. shortly around then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, um, yeah. So the chairman of the board, Michael Brindamore, um, stepped down, replaced by Andreas, somebody. I literally read like five articles about this today and I've still forgotten her name. So I'm very sorry about that. Um, I will say that it's just insane to me that like she's the interim board um, chair and the board that made all these, what you could generously call errors of judgment are going to pick the successor. Well, I mean, I'm not trying to defend the the situation at all, but a board chair needs to be on said board. Um, But the fact that of the repercussions so far, only one person has chosen to move on, I think is is quite shocking. And in in moving on, uh, Michael Brindamore had suggested that it's it's maybe time to to get reinvigorated with some, or what was it? My term is coming up. It's time to get reinvigorated with someone new. I mean, can I just say, like, you're right that there has to be some kind of due process. But you know, if the chairman, like, if the board needs to pick a chair, the chair needs to be on the board. Get a new board. Like the fact that they well, haven't I, voted to dissolve themselves is quite frankly, like shameful. Well, and that, that's the, I think the, the scary part about this is that to a person, no one's taking any ownership of the issue. Like, you know, we often hear about, um, you know, the captain of the ship being responsible for everything that happens under his or her command, right? doesn't matter if it's like someone below deck who, royally screws up and causes a catastrophic issue at the end of the day, the captain of the ship ultimately is responsible for that. Yeah. There's some layers, but the board here is like, nah, man, not our issue. We didn't do the bad. In fact, we've done a lot of good. We've done so much good here. Look at all the good we've done. In fact, we're doing more good by noticing that we've done bad and being better. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me at all. Um, as you know, love relating things to cricket, but literally the whole um, whole board of Cricket Scotland resigned when uh, a report was about to be published that sh- showed basically institutional racism throughout mm-hmm. um, their setup. Like, and some people might say, "Oh, look at them not taking responsibility." But I would say I just have no um, confidence in the governance, future governance of Hockey Canada, not least because they have recently been given failing grades in hockey governance and um, areas like conflicts of interest because they failed to manage mm-hmm. those. Um, what confidence should we have that they won't continue to fail? Well, the it is 
frankly surreal. And, and, and I, you know, if you're listening, like, well, wait a minute, like, how would they know, Chris? Your your example here was wasn't at all accurate. No, it wasn't. It wasn't intended to be that. But it's the actions that they have chosen to take upon learning of the initial incident, or depending on perspective, initial incidents, which may may not have been the the 2018 um, incident. The the problem is like something horrible happened. The board knew about it. The board made a choice and elected to take a certain action or series of actions. And guess what? Nothing changed. And not only that, the desired outcome was that no one would know about it. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, like to, to use my, my, my captain of the ship analogy. Um, for those of you who follow me on Twitter, you might've seen that I have, uh, found my way into the below deck series. It's, um, <laughs> crazy stuff. I'm sure it's all reality scripted. Like, I mean, it's essentially super yachts where they bring in a crew who I'm sure are all capable at doing whatever jobs they're supposed to do, but they're picked based on their personalities because let's throw people into a, you know, Petri dish and see what humanity, uh, uh provides. But one of the captains on an episode that I recently watched had an issue uh, with a deckhand who screwed up. And the captain's words were, you know, that happened. The deckhand doesn't necessarily understand the severity. If I were to allow for this deckhand to have the responsibility again and it were this issue were to happen again, that's on me. I need to make a decisive decision to make sure this doesn't happen. And as a result deckhand is is sent his way hockey canada to the board could have done that yeah i mean but they elected to you know keep it quiet hopefully no one actually you know looks under that particular you know stack of papers i mean the problem is that for so long they've been rewarded for not taking like accountability for their actions um they've been rewarded for silence and they've been rewarded for covering things up um, and obviously that came to a head. They have seen their funding being frozen, lots of sponsors drop out. Um, is anyone who's seen the sort of more empty looking boards at the World Juniors can attest to more <laughs> to go along with their empty looking stands? Um, and it's sad that you know, some you know, youth hockey that the World Juniors is suffering for this. It's sad that the Canadian women suffering from the damaging toxic masculinity that's kind of rotted hockey Canada but at the same time like there needs to be consequences otherwise they won't shape up yeah I mean and that actually you know is is the unfortunate aspect is that the those who are probably going to be hurt most are actually not likely the ones you know who would have even been around at the at the time i mean player wise i guess i should i should qualify that um but i was actually just reading uh, michael brindamore's uh, comments mm-hmm. and he talks about having listened carefully and intently to the comments of canadians about the culture of our sport and our organization and about our actions in leadership i understand that the actions we have taken in recent weeks are part of the solution so the Statement where he's like, I'm peacing out, which he actually goes on to say his term ends in November of 2022. And as a result, he doesn't see there being any need to wait for a new era. Dude, you like peacing out with three months to go. You're right. No need to wait. But you're looking at, well, we done messed up. We done done messed up. But we have an action plan now is going to maybe help us stop from messing up. Let's, uh, let's give her. Don't pat yourself on the back. I mean, he'd have just better off to say, you know what? Like, I actually... If he had said, yeah, my term is up, I see no reason why I, I should wait for someone to take over in a new era. That needs to happen. But no, I got to pat myself on the back, you know, give myself a couple out of boys. I'm real upset that I won't be able to see this action plan through. We'll get every other opportunity to have an action plan and see it through. We just elected to wait until, you know, 2022. Yeah. I mean, if they think that like, kidding themselves that like somehow you know this was some historical run doing that they have nothing to do with and 
sort of was uncovered by accident and now they've become aware they're doing everything in their power to fix it. No, like these people were part of the problem. It was 2018 when this one incident happened. There's possibly something going back into 2003. Like, and there's been repeated failings. I mean, the whole um, thing with the repeated, like the payments that are going out to like victims of sexual assault. Um, that's that's supremely toxic. Um, and to not claim responsibility for that. Um, I mean, just today we're saying like Rick Westhead um, is tweeting about, I think it's Gymnastics Canada, if that's the correct name of the organization, but like they're having some really troubling issues as well. And if it wasn't for people like, you know, Rick Westhead, Katie Strang, like all these investigative reporters, there's lots of these issues that we wouldn't even know about and they would continue to get away with them. The, you know, and I, I, I think Ryan and I sort of spoke about this on the on the last episode, but specifically to Rick Westhead, like you know, I think there's something to be said that a, a major sponsor in in Bell Canada, I'm not, they have their issues, but TSN is allowing for him to go and continue to to do some very good work. But I also look at that and wonder why is it being just left to a handful like you know, Rick and, and Katie, we see them talk about this quite frequently. There are so many more in the media and they're not necessarily the investigative reporters, but they could easily elevate this and ask those tough questions. Um, and for reasons that's not happening. Um, I, I think, you know, it, it's, it's no different than like, well, let's look at the NHL, right? I mean, Gary was asked a question about, um, you know, essentially harassment in, in hockey, um, you know, specifically around company chance. Like, no, no, man, we don't have a problem. Yeah. Okay, sure. You don't have a problem. So can you tell us why, if you don't have a problem, this was a problem? Yeah. Like, it's- what is it that you learned and did now? You know, somewhat related. It could be like Gary says, well, I didn't even know. No one brought it up to me. And Okay let's give you the benefit of the doubt with this isn't the case. You got some piss poor people. You better be getting out the door yesterday. Right. And with hockey Canada, this is the problem is the board. It is conceivable. They may not have known, but the fact that they did makes it just infinitely worse. Yeah. And the fact they showed so little respect to their initial um, committee that they showed up to, to not even prepare is just, mind-boggling but if you think like if you hear what gary bettman's saying like you you just have to like realize that all this sexual assault um all of these things that come up this isn't a bug of hockey culture it's a feature like it's 100 percent like guaranteed to happen if you let hockey culture thrive as it has done and sort of leave that like toxic masculinity unchecked there was a interesting um, New York Times article that came out, I think, a couple of days ago, um, basically about the lack of people showing up to World Juniors and why that was the case. Um, and aside from it having to explain every little thing, like who TSN was, which was kind of funny, um, it just like um, made some really interesting points of why hockey players are the way they are you know like they become these local celebrities playing for world junior teams they get away with everything and mm. that's how stuff like this happens yeah i mean to sort of segue into the the world juniors somewhat i mean do you believe that the attendance issues that they're currently experiencing are related to what's been going on with hockey canada or is it more to do with quite frankly the timing of the event. So I think it's both. Like, and I'm not trying to. No, I know. You know, re- require a right answer here because I think both is quite likely the correct one. But yeah, um, it's hard because I'm just like I want to believe it's both. Like I want to mm-hmm. believe that the Hockey Canada 
issues has led some people to stay away and that's not a reflection on these young players um at all it's just a case of you hope people are paying attention and i do believe it to be the case i mean um was it new york times interviewing people was that Global Mail, someone interviewed people actually showing up and sort of asked them about it. And a lot of them were saying, yeah, I really struggled about whether to cheer up or not. Mm-hmm. So I do think it has an effect. But would we be seeing higher attendances if it was on at the normal time? Yeah, probably. Well, and, and that's that's sort of the, the difficulty that we have you know, in front of us is that I agree. I'd like to think that some of what we're seeing is a direct impact to people hearing what's been going on and doing what they can to say, Hey, this ain't right. And this needs to change. Mm -hmm. But if this was during, you know, the holiday season as to when it has normally been played. So December, early January, and we saw attendance drop, I think there might be more, but drop, then it would be a sure sign. It's just that there's there's these question marks, and I think what we'll potentially see is a bounce back, right, to the the next event in a handful of months. Yeah, I mean, but it is still like it's still happening in Canada. It's still happening like in a school holiday. Yes, more people might be away because it being August, it, it's, like it's not going to be it's the same summer. Thing. I mean, I know hockey is our national support, and hockey is always a draw, but. There's a lot going on to compete with people's butts and eyes. Like I, I, I mean, I have, I have, yep. well, butts are the ones who are showing up. Eyes are the ones who are like me, who would be watching on TV. Um, I have yet to watch anything other than the occasional highlight that shows up on like Sportsnet or TSN. Yeah. I mean, I would have to go out my way to watch it, but yeah, I'm catching highlights on Twitter from, you know, like I am like, um, it's an exciting tournament. The Canucks have a couple of young prospects there in Lekamaki, Yoni Yomo, and Jake Truscott, I think, are the three there. Um, so it was exciting, but like, yeah, it's hard to weigh that up. Yeah. And I, I want to be very clear here. Um, I, I probably wouldn't have watched it if this was that traditional schedule. Um, but I am also willing to acknowledge that there's much more that I'm into right now at this time of year. I mean, case in point, um, I'm watching, you know, premiership football. Yeah. Premier League's right? back. Like, Very exciting. Right. Like, uh, you know, I quite enjoyed that. I actually sat down and watched the uh, Chelsea Tottenham match because. Fair enough. Some storylines there to be there. Right. But, yeah, exactly. But this is the thing is that, I, I have these options and I think there are others out there who may not know what's going on with hockey Canada. They may not understand that, that, you know, hockey has a problem uh, that it's as a sport having some significant difficulty trying to, to solve heck the NFL. I mean, they have their own problems right now with someone who a, a independent third party decided that wasn't going to be punished any harshly than someone who happened to be caught with a joint in their locker. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, there's, like, issues in every single sport. Let's, like, be honest, the Premier League, like, oh, yeah, one I mean, of that's... the stars of the Premier League, is, you know, has been accused of rape, and we will just kind of stop talking about it. Like, actually, there's several stars mm-hmm. in the Premier League that has been um, accused of that, and we've just kind of ignored it. There's problems in NFL, there's problems in NBA, but, like, hockey's always going to be, like, the third sport like and but it's now getting pushed even further down because all the storylines are bad ones coming out of it yeah it's um it's a shame i mean that that is so true is that you know i, I you you and i've talked about this on, on on many episodes imagine if if hockey whether it be the nhl or that particular sport were to become more progressive to understand that it needs to leave its past behind and to do everything it can to change things not because it's a matter of changing it's because the way it was is not the way it should be there are yeah you know what i think fans that currently support that would say i'm out because i don't want this but honestly are those the fans you want like like i mean is it that important 
the, the almighty dollar is what's going to drive business. Cause if that's the case, there's you're, you're, you're never going to attract a new base. Your base is going to continue to shrink. And it eventually guess what? Now you have no fans. Yeah. I mean, I'll kind of say this is my last piece on it, but um, I've talked to a lot of my hockey friends that I watch hockey with the most often are women. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them has rest like a very firm distaste for like even coming back to hockey. Mm-hmm. And I can completely understand that. Yeah. It's, and that's, I think that's what's very key is that he were here were some who were engaged who are now disengaging. And those are also likely the ones who would have been able to introduce the sport to a greater number of people. Like it's, I I can't as an organization or like maybe as a podcaster, understand or an organization like the NHL or whether it be hockey Canada or whatever, doesn't look at that as an issue. Like it is so short sighted mm-hmm. to say, Oh, well we're okay here. No, no man, you're not. And that's the problem is that at some point there will be a, a, a reckoning that will take place. I mean, it is as sad as it might be. It would like what, how horrible does an incident have to be before, you know, the board of hockey, Canada, um, the commissioner of the NHL or any professional sports league were to then suddenly like, this is not right. This must change full stop. Right. Because it does seem to be that hockey just isn't learning like to go to another issue. Minnesota <laughs> wild, just like literally in a state where less than a year ago, um, well, you know, you know, it was two years since the incident, but like six months ago, less than six months ago, the um, actual verdict for the killing of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. And they're releasing like Blue Lives Matter shirts. Then It's not actually Blue Lives Matter, but that's essentially what the message they put out was. Well, and it's just I'm, so crazy that well, they didn't think, see it or they did and they didn't care. Well, see, that's the thing is that we, this, you know, we're having sort of this conversation about it in, in uh, C4 discord and um, you know, um, Anders had sort of commented about, you know, all 200 hockey men have no problem with it, which is sort of the comment that I was actually in a reply to is that when you had said, read the, the F and room, mm-hmm. I was going to respond. What's scary is maybe they did. And the room that they're looking at. Yeah. It's says, the, that's the problem. Up. Exactly. Isn't it? Right. Yeah. And that's like, I, when I saw it, I'm like, for real? Like either I, you know, and this is the thing I, I I'll admit there's a conflict for me that, um, you know, with how sport or hockey will go and support first responders, not all first responders are equal mm-hmm. first responders in many different discipline have very difficult jobs and are placed in very difficult situations. Many of which I have no capability of handling myself, but you start to single out, you can't suddenly say, oh, well, we're supportive of this portion of it, but not that portion. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. You didn't. That's not what was correlated here. That is like, I'm totally embracing it. Yeah. So to me, it's not just, it's kind of, you have to look at who people, who organizations choose to support. And it's not to say like, it's not okay to, um, you know, I'm expressing myself poorly, but what I want to say is, and I've kind of talked about this in relation to cricket as well, it's who people choose to stick up for. Mm-hmm. It's who they're setting their stall out for. Um, and you need to have some accountability and responsibility to that, to your local community. And um, some good elements like Canucks and a few other teams have really sort of gone forward with supporting the indigenous community um, with sort of promoting Black Lives Matter and kind of honoring um, black voices within the organization. There's still such a long way to go with that. And the fact that you can have indigenous night with the national anthem and not see the irony in that, but it all kind of blows my mind, but pay attention to what 
organizations look out for is what I'd say, because I think they're telling you who they are. Yeah. And I'm, I, I, I'm genuinely curious when I look at the situation is would we see a Canadian team with a similar promotion? I don't feel we would, and that's not to give them a free pass, but I don't feel that we would see that here in Canada. But then, you know, I'm not, I'm not naive to think that it just could be that, you know, they've not done the investigation and decided that, Oh, look at that market doesn't exist for us to go and extrapolate an extra dollar from. And that's the scary part to me is that, is that what's driving the decision here is that they're looking at, you know, you know, police officers and just not being the group that they want to engage because there's no money. But I mean, it's the United States and Canada are distinctly different, but I'm not, you know, silly to think there's a lot more similarities than maybe we, we all. And yeah, I mean, understand. Um, and I said, this was my final thought many (laughs) minutes ago, but I will also say that until we see players kind of using their voice to add to the conversation in a positive way, you know, until we say players say like, I'm not going to a team like that doesn't like have this as a priority or doesn't, or like, you know, make it known that their team should be doing more and pushing for more in terms of community engagement, in terms of minorities, mm-hmm. all of that. Until like players start saying more than, yeah, we like gave 110% for 60 minutes, paid a 200 foot game, got pucks on net, etc. Until we Look start hearing more. the competition. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We can bleep that out, right? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, until we start hearing more from hockey players, because it's honestly even really disappointing. Um, mostly as a hockey fan to see like what players will and will not say. Yeah, I don't see it changing. Yeah, agreed. BP added more than seventy billion dollars to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast on CanucksHockeyBlog.com and the Full Press Coverage Network. Take hitting out of the game. You can't hit anymore, so don't do it. The unsportsmanlike conduct, I want to get an explanation on. No kidding. Because how do you get suspended for unsportsmanlike conduct? Plus interference. There's no interference there. He had the puck. Now, Madison never, ever did that before. Now, why did he do it? That Because he was mad. Well, your early favorite for the Calder <laughs> Trophy, that's for sure. Elias Patterson. you might even say your early favorite for the Hart Trophy. Just to get back to your question, Elias is going to play plenty. He can play. He's going to get a lot of power play time. And, yeah, I'm concerned about our offense. We lost 200-point players, and we've got to find a way to score. Let's actually talk about the Vancouver Canucks. And, you know, what? we already talked about it. JT Miller, I mean, he's still a Vancouver Canuck, I think. Well, I'm going to ask you this when you departed, actually, even then, maybe when we last spoke, because we did actually record a show with you, you know, on the other side of the planet, um, <laughs> close. Well, I mean, it, it, relative. Yeah. That just made it sound really dramatic. There's some distance. Yeah. Um, did you believe that when you would return and we would record this show that JT Miller would still be wearing Vancouver Canucks colors? If I'm honest, Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I thought the draft was Canucks' best opportunity to get something done. 
Mm-hmm. It definitely was. But like for me, I, I actually thought that best opportunity draft, but they'll have something done within the first week of free agency, like a deal or something to move. Like they, you know, cause everything we've been hearing is that the organization wanted to go and sort out their cap on that note. I was actually looking at cap friendly and there are currently, um, uh, almost, Actually, it's like, I think, what, 14 teams that are currently at $0 projected cap space? I mean, for sure. There's players, that, there's teams that really need to clean house. Um, cough. Vegas. 13, 13 teams. Vegas. Like, you know, who are close to pushing again, even though they probably don't have a goalie for next year. But yeah. so they might want to sort that out first. But... Yes, I see what you mean. But, you know, it is interesting, isn't it, that, like, people were saying, oh, well, as soon as um, Nazim Kadri's deal gets done, right after that, we'll see all the Ultrarans mm. go in for JT. <laughs> and here we still are. Well, it, it maybe Vancouver's an Ultraran. Maybe maybe that that's, that's functionally what happened. Maybe the Vancouver Canucks could not get what they wanted to replace JT Miller, however, which way, or it came, it came clear. They weren't going to actually maybe sign whomever it was and elected to stick with JT or weren't as, weren't as maybe convinced they needed to get rid of him. But yeah, I hadn't actually looked at cap friendly in, in over a month. And the fact that there's yeah 13 teams currently sitting at $0 projected cap space of those 13 teams, three of them are currently over the roster limit. Uh, so that like Boston, Columbus, Pittsburgh, they all need to reduce their rosters. Uh, the Seattle Kraken are actually over the roster limit, but they've got a mill in, in cap space to work with. Mm-hmm. But if we actually look, so like the NHL minimum is what, I think 800 or $900,000 now. I don't know. Would that, I mean, I, I could look that up right now, but I'm lazy. I mean, everyone who listens to the show knows this. If we include the teams that can't afford a contract with the, you know, minimum and let's for it's seven seven sake, five. Call it a clean mill. It's seven seven five. Okay. It's just gone up. I've actually seen I know. Okay, I thought it was higher than I know, that. it said regardless it's gone up to that, which is Yeah, I say I thought it was like eight something. Eight something but eh, anyway. I'll, I I seven seven five. Maybe maybe I think it was six seven five or something. But regardless. St. Louis, Montreal, and New Jersey uh, all have less than a million dollars in projected cap space. Like St. Louis is at six hundred twenty-five k, so they can't they can't get a roster uh, minimum player on on board. Um, and then, like in the teams with the Mills, uh, the Rangers and Kraken, though Kraken need to get rid of contracts. Like it's it's crazy how tight things are. And here are the Vancouver Canucks looking to try to free up space. Well, the teams that can help them, you know let's say take on a, a JT Miller, maybe in like a sign and trade or something like that are Dallas, the Islanders, the ducks, the Sabres, the coyotes, they have the most space. You could maybe count the red wings into that, you know, but and then from there kind of a lot of people who aren't contending right now, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny because it's just like, who could J2 go to? You could see him. If you're talking about during the season, like as in we haven't traded him now probably aren't going to trade him um probably he turns up at camp um you would think he's more likely to go to a contender because he's a difference maker of a player yeah but then at the same time you're just like he could be really cheap for years to like for years to come it's just he'll get really expensive when he's passed in the years to come. Yeah. Yeah. So at the same time, I'm like, if we could trade him before the season, you know, he could go to people that like have a bit more space, but it's just like, you kind of need to make JT count in the next two years. Realistically. Yeah. True that. And actually, you know, looking at not to draw a comparable with some of the uh, most recent, uh, you know, crazy contracts out there, but uh, there are some uh, teams who are going to be on the hook for some uh, some serious coin uh, at the end of significant terms, like you know the Jonathan Huberto deal, for instance. Uh, yeah, I think awesome that Calgary got him, you know, signed after you know trading away Gaudreau, but that uh, eight year deal at a you know ten point five hit that's going to look okay, presuming you know Iberto is the player he continues to be, but for eight years? I mean, it just obviously isn't. Like, 
you really have to be taking a chance or like literally it's like mcdavid like and even then after his entry level can you guarantee like he's gonna be a great for eight years not even mcdavid right so the point of these contracts isn't so they can play well for the entirety of them or so they earn it for the entirety of them true and like i mean you look at uh, to use calgary again i mean you got matt kachuk um with the deal that uh, they had you know provided him um it's only 24 mm-hmm. and yet here's Uberto who's six years older <laughs> oh and i say just so everyone's clear i say provided i know kachuk's not a flame anymore but the deal that was signed was to allow for him to get the extra year that he would not have been able to have had at the uh, destination um you got you got you gotta understand that twenty four is a more reasonable age, presuming all things work out. Presuming, yeah. I mean, no one's here saying that Hudo is about to go downhill. No one's here saying JT Miller is going downhill, and especially if anyone that wants to trade for him is listening, we are not saying that. But we are saying that you know their the closer we get to twenty thirty, <laughs> yeah, the the scarier it may become. Um, but yeah, I mean, JT is still a Vancouver Canuck. Hurrah! And, uh, you know, he's talking about uh, things. Uh, he joined uh, John Scott. Um, it's, it's, I, I can't say I've listened to John Scott's podcast. I'm always apprehensive over former hockey players. Um, I, I have sort of this belief of John Scott being a good one but that just could be based on how he has been built up in my mind. So I don't know. I mean, he obviously has a feel good story um, with the all-star game and all that happened around that. Um, I will say he called the Canucks a cup contender next year. So he's obviously not completely sound in the head. Um, But yeah, definitely an interesting conversation. Um, Yeah. Yeah, you go ahead. Well, I was going to say, but, um, you know, with his, his show, uh, dropping the gloves, uh, he had JT Miller, uh, join him in a recent episode. Um, and, uh, you know, in the conversation, um, I, things sort of came to light, like, uh, you know, JT Miller understands sort of the nature of the business. Um, and he's a Vancouver Canuck and gave uh, the most uh, cliche answer about that, um, there was a comment that he made about uh, PD that either is between the lines or isn't. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say because you kind of think as people, JT Miller is not the most complex individual. And I honestly not saying that as a diss. Um, yeah. I will say like he was still a bit careful, right? You know, he's not, He's an honest person. He kind of says what he thinks, but he, you know, he's said, you know, that he wanted to come back to Vancouver. He's excited about what they're doing there. They have some of, no, one of the best defensemen in the league, which is true. It's just Quinn Hughes. There isn't really anyone else to be excited about. They have one of the best goalies in the league. Again, true. Demko is very exciting. Um, Beyond stands if it doesn't work out, if they're heading in two different directions, which they seem to be right now. So mm-hmm. it's like he he didn't say there's no way I want to stay in Vancouver or he didn't say they suck because they're not meeting my demands. And he didn't even come close to a kind of hedged bets of it'd be great to stay. But also if it doesn't work out or if like their plans are different. And it was interesting that he put it on Vancouver when it's just like, yeah, they might plan not to sign you to a eight-year contract. Is that really <laughs> unreasonable? Well, well, that's the thing. Is like he, you know, he had shared like, yeah, you know, negotiations started pretty early. So for anyone out there that was thinking, you know, Vancouver had you know pieced out on JT and they're only circling back now, you don't start negotiations that early if you don't plan on keeping the player. I mean, you not to suggest you don't maybe ask, but I don't get the sense based on what he had said that that's all it was. Like, hey, do you want to come back? Oh, that's negotiations. No, no. sounds like they were actually chatting. But what's very clear based on, you know, what JT has also reinforced 
what he wants and what the team has said they'll give aren't at all close. No, like, and they've been talking for a long time. So the fact that they are still not close, not good. Um, now, if you fast forward to comments that, uh, you know, came up, uh, sort of today from his agent, um, I think it was today or it might've been in the last, uh, uh, couple of days, but, uh, Rick Dollywall had, uh, had brought up that, uh, JT Miller's agent, Brian Bartlett, uh, was asked if he'll cut off contract talks once the regular season starts. And his response was, I have not talked to JT about that yet, but it's a realistic possibility because wouldn't that be awesome? We're not going to talk during the season. And if you go back to the conversation that, uh, that JT had on, uh, on the show with, uh, with John Scott there is that, um, you know, he doesn't really want there to be much distraction. So, yeah, it does seem a bit of a hockey cliche, right? Just like it's a distraction and it's just like, or it's a convenient tactic. Um, to sort of say, get a deal done by this season starting or else. Well, his, in his quote, actually just sort of about the distraction, it's definitely going to be next to impossible to not be a hundred percent focused on the task. When you have your livelihood and career on the line, especially in Vancouver, if I don't score in the first game of the year, they're going to want to light my Jersey on fire. I mean, it's uh, a little bit credit to Taj 1944 for, for obviously quoting um, Taj, not an insider, but Taj is really good at listening to everything and hearing everything and recapping it on Twitter. So people like me don't have to. Yeah. Which we um, appreciate. Yeah. But uh, yeah, hyperbole, but I think that's quite clearly. Yeah. I want to be focused on doing my job. I'm not going to worry myself with the minutia and considering the agency, yeah, it could happen. Oh gosh, darn it. I mean, gosh darn it, is that's what it probably is. what I'll say too. Yeah, um, that's what he actually says. Like when they have them on mic'd up, they're just bleeping out the gosh darn it. Yeah. That's all it is. Gosh darn it, gosh darn it. It's definitely not him shouting other words on the No, ice. never. But yeah, it, that is all to say that if we do get to a point where the season is starting and there is no deal in place, you'd have to think and hope they're looking ahead to you know, later down the line, up to the deadline where there might be some other teams interested in his services. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is there will be other teams. It's just, uh, will those teams be trading with the Vancouver Canucks or will those teams be calling him on whatever free agent frenzy happens to be if it's July 1st, 2023? Yeah, that's the thing. And yeah, I'm, it does seem like Patrick Olveen is more than happy to listen to offers. You just hope they're being realistic about it. Like there's been a few deals that obviously haven't looked great from what the Canucks are looking for, for JT Miller. Um, well, I mean, any, any prospect of a phenomenal deal, I think is out the door. Yes. Like you said, that opportunity was draft. Yeah. Um, I think you're completely right, but yeah, there's still an opportunity for a good deal. And the good deal does not involve giving JT Miller a eight-year contract. <sighs> well, in two weeks' time, we'll continue talking about JT Miller. Uh, in fact, when uh, you know September October rolls around, maybe this will be the uh, you know JT Miller Canucks hockey podcast. I mean, we'll just have to go to a full rebrand. Yeah, I mean, if they do give him a new deal, yeah, that's our rebrand. Um, now, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, and I meant to ask you about this before we went to live, but that's not how I record this show. <laughs> um, Pod Colson and his future with the Vancouver Canucks. I haven't heard anything about Pod Colson's future with the Vancouver Canucks or the lack oh, it's, thereof. Oh, that's meant to Has go with the JT stuff? Miller stuff. So that's um, just... I just wanted to talk about um, JT Miller being Pod Colson's hype man on the podcast. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Sorry. You got confused by my fancy use of a semicolon, but that's fine. Yes, yes, because I, I viewed it as entirely a new statement, just happened to be on the same line. And so I'm like, 
No, that's this pods on the like chopping block. Have I not? <laughs> have I been so out of touch? Like, because I've been you know caught up in uh, you know Chelsea and Tottenham, you know having pleasantries. <laughs> um, like, yeah, there's nothing pleasant about Chelsea or Tottenham. I will emphasize that. Well, okay, I mean, you're <laughs> just you know for transparency's sake, Arsenal supporter. Um, I don't know what you mean. I mean, even you can agree the the you know conversations that took place between Tuchel and uh, and Conte were top notch. Top notch. Like I, I mean, entertaining. Hey, wh- like honestly, if I come to shake your hand, Anna, I'm going to stare deep into your eyes when I do. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like it's only two weeks into the new season. There's already like kind of um, fake drama. Um, so it's entertaining. Um, honestly, I just prefer it to be other teams, not us. Um, I'm currently working my way through Arsenal's all or nothing documentary and just trying not to secondhand cringe the entire time. Hmm. But anyway, back to pod calls in. Um, yeah, just, it was really one sort of minor thing that came out of the interview was just really nice. (laughs) JT Miller talking about, um, what a, great player Paul Cozen is what a great person and as soon as he has even better English which JT had said improved over the season um yeah that he should be just like taking off and it's kind of good to hear that we were just like it wasn't just us you know yeah that our assessment of Paul Colson is shared by the team yeah, because I mean, it's I, I I can't say I heard that that part of the conversation. So, which is why we said <laughs> absolutely that little impact, and you. I completely misread it. But but yeah, I mean, as you were describing this, I'm kind of thinking, yeah, but didn't we already know this? Like, I mean, when you watch the kid talk, he seems to be you know pretty you know easygoing, like looking to make an effort to connect with the the fans, the organization, the fact like you know. What was what did, the question about? What's your favorite thing about uh, Vancouver? And he's like, Bruce, there it is, like the chant. Like, am I allowed to say that or something? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's anyhow. Yeah, he just he seems like a lovely guy. But yeah, it's I am like JT Miller. I'm also excited to see what Paul Coulson brings next season. Yeah. Well, if the Vancouver Canucks expect to be a playoff contender, Pods is going to have to step it up. Yeah, and newly signed JT Miller no, no, as well. No, no, no uh, pressure there, kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll we'll get more into the story of the season as we go, but um, you did include this in the rundown, so I'm going to bring it up. Storylines to look forward to. I mean, I kind of feel it's too early with everything that's still going on. No. Well, yeah, but that's the, it's like potential storylines. Like, what could we we like? What are we interested to see play out? Like. One okay, are the Vancouver Canucks a playoff contender? Oh well, yeah, one obviously is what we've been talking about the entire time. We would love to see a resolution to the JT Miller saga, the ongoing saga of JT Miller and the Vancouver Canucks. I would say, and two probably Pod Colson is like one of the big storylines. I would say, and then for me, like. Brock Renaissance, the Brockessance, if you Presuming will. Presuming he's still a Canuck. Hey, bridge deal. It's like unless we need to throw him into the JT Miller deal. Well, I, I, I you know, the more I thought about it, the more I kind of wonder if that's now. Like, have the Canucks reached the point they have to sweeten a JT Miller JT Miller deal? Right, like sure. And what, what, I don't what think, do you sweeten it with? I don't think Brock. I'm not is trying the to suggest of, Brock's a guy to go, yeah. but. I don't think it's at that level, like of dire straits. I'm sure a sweetener would help. I think there's going to be at least one player that we don't want to see go that's going to go, whether it's part of a JT Miller deal or not. With maybe it's part of a Tyler Myers deal, but there will be one Canuck that we don't want to see go that will go. Don't think it's Brock, at least not yet. Um, especially if he hasn't quite had his Rebrockissance yet. I'm going to keep saying that until it's a thing. The Rebrockissance? Uh-huh. Rebrockissance. At what point will that become the title of an episode? <laughs> uh, maybe tomorrow. 
we shall see. Yeah, I you know I I still sort of come back to the storylines part. I kind of want to I want to get camp under underway. Um, All right. Like I and I you know this sort of came to this this you know conclusion after talking to PJ when we're sort of talking about the, you know prospects camp and that and how he's like you know le- and he raised a very fair point legitimately like how many of these kids are ever going to actually make it maybe one and i'm like oh yeah so here we are mean you know vancouver you know hockey fans elevating you know prospects like oh my god look at all these phenomenal prospects that are at camp here and they're all going to be superstars and you know pj the you know salient uh, banana listening uh, you know top-notch reporter he is brought me back down to earth and so now i'm kind of wondering okay maybe i'm one of those typical vancouver you know phoenix fans <laughs> maybe i'm the problem no it's the kids that are wrong um oh, yeah. i mean not that i'm getting overexcited or anything but like whilst we've been talking jonathan lakamaki has got his second point of the world genius so connects are going to the cup the future's Woo. right the future's sweden should I should I put my shades on? Yeah, exactly. The future's so bright, I gotta wear shades. Oh, anyhow, well, in two weeks' time, maybe it will. Maybe I'll have changed my tune. I've been known to do that from time to time on this show. Yeah, well, you'll be miserable for now, and I'll I be will. the optimistic one, and then we'll switch. Which <laughs> that seems like seems backwards in my mind, but okay. Yeah, but the season hasn't started yet, so it's okay. Uh, like true. that's why I'm optimistic. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Chris is excited about oh, nothing. Ah, uh, nothing. No, get off my lawn. Yar. Look, there's clouds. Go away. Um, here we are at the end of a show. We've talked for almost an hour. Look at that. We thought we were only going to talk for 20 minutes, but <laughs> who are we trying to fool? And there was absolutely nothing really to talk about Vancouver-wise outside of what we've already really talked about over the course of time, which is, you know, as everyone knows, JT Miller and the ongoing saga JT Miller happens to be. It'll be cool when the season starts and we'll be talking about JT Miller both in Rewind based the week that was and JT Miller in half full, half empty. And maybe the F word, why is he still a Vancouver Canuck? Yeah. He just permeates real life. Also, JT Miller, if you want to use some of that money that you get on the new deal to sponsor the segment, like to sponsor the podcast, Ah, then you can be in every part of it. This could be the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast brought to you by JT Miller. That's a nice ring phone, you know, brought to you by JT Miller recorded in a JT Miller studio. Yeah. I don't know. What else can we sell? We will sell anything. If you give us enough money, JT. I didn't realize we're that kind of show. (laughs) Well, honestly, most things. Okay. He sells himself Um, for charity. So in that he, I was going to say, (laughs) I'm glad you, the for charity part got added there because I'm not here to judge. Yeah. He's on Cameo, yeah. but he gives all the money to, I think, a skin cancer charity. Oh, I didn't know he was on Cameo. That's good. I, I knew Bruce was on Cameo. I didn't realize JT was on Cameo, too. I don't go and actually look on Cameo much. So No, neither do I, even though I've gotten a couple Cameos and they've been excellent. One of them, That's thanks good. to your good self. Yeah. I saw it. Had to make it happen. Timing was right. I enjoyed it. But... But speaking of timing is right. Uh, we'll be back again in two weeks time. Now, uh, obviously it's still the off season. We're still recording. Uh, we're not taking any lengthy breaks. We're creating the content here. Um, I'm hoping we'll have figured out when a C4 get together will happen to be. Um, uh, as I sort of shared in the last show, my world has gone for a little bit of a turn and, uh, that's thrown a wrench into all sorts of different things. But uh, again, it won't be like, hey, we're meeting tomorrow. Do you want to come? Because I know a few of you listeners would like to be there and simply would need to make arrangements to make that happen. So we'll, we'll give you as much notice as we can. Uh, if you're a patron of the show, as a reminder, we turned off your patronage uh, for the months of July and August, and we'll likely keep it off for the month of September as well. But uh, again, we'll give you a whole lot of notice if and when it turns back on, and I'll have confirmation uh, that, uh, that September will be off soon, but, uh, yeah, here we are at the end of a show. Where is it that though our, our listeners can uh, find us if they've reached this point and they're still wondering how to do that, Anna? Well, we're on Twitter at the C4 podcast. We're on Facebook at the C4 podcast. Um, we're on discord at discord 
io forward slash c4 podcast to get that right i'm doing this completely like, off the right. dome um what's discord some of you might wonder um it's just the best place to be seeing as not all of our listeners can meet up each and every single day that we want to talk to each other in real life we met up on discord where we talk about how disappointing hockey canada is where we talk about um jt miller deals that could be where we talk about what we're eating for dinner that night and mm-hmm. make everyone else just to make sure to talk about food yeah there's literally a channel called nom nom and whilst we apologize for the name we don't apologize for the content because it's good stuff See, this is the problem by putting me into charge of like, you know, things like this. I go and do silly things like nom nom. Yeah, but it's great to see um, and mainly just be jealous of all the culinary talents of our listeners. But yeah, Discord is the place to be where we talk puck and other things. Yes. But yeah, great show. Any final words of wisdom there, Anna? Um. Hockey Canada be better. I can't beat that. In fact, that should be the title. There we go. But on behalf of Anna, A4SA03, myself, Chris, at Life Force, signing off this episode of the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog.com with We Out. <laughs>